0: Welcome to the Rhodes Trust Roads Ahead series, bringing you thought leadership from the Rhodes community around the world. In this set of podcasts, recorded during the inaugural Schwarzman Rhodes Symposium at Rhodes House, Oxford, in October 2018, our contributors reflect on public leadership in the 21st century, in particular the challenges of ethical leadership, cultural understanding, and communication in today's fast-moving, interconnected world. We hear now from Christopher Daniel, Partner and Managing Director at the Boston
1: Consulting Group. My name is Christopher Daniel. I'm originally from Germany. I've been in the Middle East for the last 10 years, based out of Dubai. I'm currently a partner with the Boston Consulting Group, and I focus on work in the public sector, so for government and government agencies. There's one feature that is common across public leadership all over the world, especially in government. This is a strong sense of idealism. So doing the right thing for the country. That's actually what attracts me very much to working for and with governments because there's a really deep sense of purpose in what they want to do. What is it that governments should do for their citizens is actually getting more and more complex to understand. In the past, it was much more black and white. There were good things to do and not so good things to do. Now you have many conflicting opinions, many different goals to achieve. If you want to achieve one goal, you can achieve less of another goal. That's very difficult for leaders today. It's about balancing priorities, but also in the very first point about understanding the priorities. Do you focus on trying to solve a short-term problem? Do you try on doing the right thing in the medium term? Do you have a clear understanding of where your country is going to? I think that's something that the governments I serve do extremely well by providing a very clear picture of, this is how I want my country to look like in 10 years. The UAE has even issued a centennial saying, this is how I want our place to look like in 2071. Taking a position to say 50 years out, this is how we want to be seen, is, I think, a very, very courageous aspiration. If you think a little bit about what has changed in government in the last years, and that includes all the countries on a global scale, is that. In the past, government leadership was much more long-term, much more consistent. People were elected into power, parties were elected into power, and every eight or ten years you would see a shift, but in that time frame it, it remained relatively stable. Now in the past years you have seen that prime ministers change every year, every two years, political parties change very often, and so the path forward for a government also changes quite fundamentally in the things that they want to achieve. And you can draw very much parallels to what companies went through. They went through a very similar change over the last 20 years. The average tenure of a CEO has declined and is now just over a year. A world-leading company is at a risk of losing that position within three years of their existence. So something that has hit the industry 20 years ago is hitting governments at the moment. And that has a huge impact on public leadership. Now, if you think about companies, if you take it very black and white, there's two scenarios emerging. One is that you have companies that are really good at creating a vision, creating a bold aspiration to say, this is what we want to achieve. Think about Tesla with the electric car or the travel to Mars, or think about Apple with the iPhone. This is bold vision, and their shareholders are willing to go through years and years of no profit and no dividends because they know there's a bold vision. On the other extreme, you have those that move from one short-term goal, okay, we need to pay out a dividend, we need to make profit, to the next and suffer a lot from these short-term actions. You can build a lot of parallels to the government as well. Again, if you want to simplify it, you have two options. Either countries are going to be in a position to say this is our vision for the future and this is how we want to be as a country. This vision needs to unite a lot of people behind them Then they can achieve a certain amount of stability because this is beyond party politics and they can start executing towards this vision or they fall into the same risk like companies do of saying we need one short term achievement after the other. This is where a lot of the current rhetoric of populism are coming into play. I think the countries like Dubai or the United Arab Emirates have done an incredibly good job in putting out these visions and saying, these are the countries we want to be in the future. Now, you can argue about a lot of details in these visions, but the power of having one unified picture that moves all the government entities, all the leaders and the population is actually very powerful. In my view, today's governments are built to work on two things, and that's providing a certain service and providing regulation. Now, the regulation that governments are used to issue are regulations that last forever. If you look at some basic laws, you will see that some of them are several hundreds of years old. That doesn't necessarily make them wrong, but we are now living in a situation where the root causes of problems are constantly evolving and where problems do not fit any more neatly into one government function or even within one government. Think about global warming, the refugee crisis. People leave their countries for a number of reasons. Civil war, financial prosperity, freedom of religion, freedom of speech. There is not one single country that can fix all these problems. If just one country manages to get their carbon dioxide emissions under control, it doesn't mean that global warming is solved. The big challenge is that these problems become more and more complex. The root causes evolve and you have what is called a wicked problem. The current government and the current government structures are not in a position that they can solve these wicked problems. As a consequence, you have a vicious cycle where governments issue complex policies in a very slow process. And by the time these policies are issued, very often they are already outdated and not addressing the right problem. So what governments really need to think about is how can we set ourselves up in a way that we are more flexible in answering these problems, that we get a more multidisciplinary approach going, that we overcome the siloed thinking, this hierarchical rules-based thinking of this is my entity, this is your entity, we each have our own mandate and need to find a better way of collaborating. So there's two problems that need to be solved. You will not be able to get collaboration across nations if the nations have this short-term goal of making populist moves and trying to gain power or electoral votes by doing the next popular thing. Because then you're really short-term oriented and you don't care about what happens to the world overall. But if some governments manage to create a vision for where their country will be or should be or what kind of people they want to be, you will see that a lot of countries are actually thinking about the same problems. People are more and more worried about the environment. They are scared of global warming. They are much more interested in sustainability. There's a much stronger feeling about we need to help our neighbors. We need to think about how the other person is doing. We need to think about the ethical part of it, like how do my actions impact others? So I think there's a very good chance for a couple of nations thinking about what is our vision and then finding commonalities across these visions and then setting up task forces across countries to work on these shared visions. At the moment, what you see, if you think about the global climate conferences, there's a lot of back and forth. And the risk I see is that at the moment, there's an attempt to get everybody to agree to everything. And I don't think that's necessarily the best way forward. If you can have a few powerful countries, strong economies, agree on something that's already going to make a big impact and a big improvement. And then a number of countries will follow, others probably are not in a position to follow yet. But if you get 50% to do something good, that's better than 0% doing something good or 100% doing something a little bit with very limited impact. That's one of the problems that needs to be overcome. The other problem that needs to be overcome is how do you think about your own resources? You can break it down to a ministry level, to a government level. There's always this thinking about, okay, how much money and how much manpower. Only if you find a way of cooperating together that overcomes this purely resource-based thinking, then you will be able to overcome the silo thinking. There is not many good ways of how you can overcome this, because at the end, it comes down to how do you allocate funding to specific tasks. And once you allocate funding, then you automatically have resources allocated and boundaries created. So what you probably need to think about is a little bit like what is done in sports. You can think about setting out performance targets if your federation achieves this many medals in these Olympic games, your funding next year will be higher so that you create an incentive for different teams from different countries or different functions within one government to work together to achieve certain outcomes so that the next year they can have more funding and more resources to deploy. Once you've solved this question of how can you get people from different ministries work together, you also have a very good answer on how can you get ministries from different countries work together more efficiently. You hear so many things about the future is going to be worse than the past and that things are not going to get better. This instilling of fear is a big driver of what a lot of these populist movements are currently trying to embrace. And I think it's very important to be aware that that's actually not true. The world has made so much progress over the last 10, 20, 50 years. There's a lot less war, there's a lot less poverty, there's a lot more education, there's a lot less hunger. If you look at the big picture... I think there's very little things that have not improved over the last years. And I do not see a single reason why things shouldn't get better. If you think about what are the things that scare us at the moment, you put them in comparison to the things that scared us 50 years ago, they are much less scary. 50 years ago, we had the big divide between communism and capitalism. We had the Cold War. We had the nuclear threats going around. So yes, in the moment where you see yourself in a situation, it's always scary. But if collectively... Everybody took a step back and observed the life our grandparents lived, the life our parents lived, the life we live. There's been a constant improvement and I don't see a single reason why it shouldn't get also better for our children.
0: That was Christopher Daniel, Partner and Managing Director at the Boston Consulting Group. You have been listening to the Roads Ahead series on public leadership. We do hope you can join us for our next
1: podcast.